0: Often vulgar, always explicit, and sometimes funny. Slap box. Slap box. Welcome to the Slapbox Podcast. This is episode 556. I'm your host, Josh Albrecht, recording once again inside the Slap Box Penthouse. Of course, with my sidekick, agent, Fox Mulder, that is the kitty cat, laying behind me that's soaking up the sun. It is, uh, it's 9.22 in the morning on Saturday. <laughs> and he's uh, getting the rays in. A little sunbathing action. He's uh, got a few hours yet before he uh, normally gets fed, so... I don't think he's going to he's going to be adding too much meows to the podcast. But me just saying that, I feel like <laughs> he's going to give his two cents before too long here. Oh, there it is. Yeah. He knows I'm talking about him and he's like, "Hey, what what's up, man?" He's g- I got the window open though. I think that's what he's he's going to go check out if there's an animal out there, like another cat. He he may freak out which there quite possibly could be another feline out there. Ah, yes. I'm recording kind of early cause, uh, today going, uh, out for my mother's 68th birthday, uh, party. And, uh, I would have recorded it last night, but I had to meet up with, uh, my mother and, uh, sister and, uh, uh, her husband, of course, uh, for drinks and, and uh food and uh man, I alcohol. What can you say? <laughs> I only had like 3 3 drinks. I'm not I mean I'm not like hungover at the moment, but it's like uh I really don't feel like doing anything. <laughs> just I I just pounded a, a monster energy drink though, which it's become like a necessity for me since working the new the new job as a, a steel worker. As a, again, I'm coming up on 6 months on there. I guess I could stop calling it a new job at some point, like soon. <laughs> uh, I have insurance already, so I guess it's not really new anymore. Um <clears throat> but uh I did of course Receive the guitar that I mentioned last week that I, uh... <sighs> I ordered, and, uh... I might have ordered that after the podcast. I don't I don't recall now. <laughs> I don't go over, like, the show notes or, like, listen to the previous week's podcast, but I know I had talked about it. Possibly getting it, at least. And, uh... <clears throat> I believe I did did actually order it before the podcast and talked about it. I'm not I'm not sure. <laughs> but yeah, I did order the Epiphone uh Riviera the Noel Gallagher dark wine red guitar. Not because I'm a huge Oasis fan or anything. I really like the finish and I've been wanting like a a larger either like semi hollow or hollow body guitar like a ES335 or like a casino type guitar and uh the Riviera is uh along those lines it's a uh, semi hollow which means there's a solid block of wood running through the middle of it and then the uh two sides are of course hollow with the uh, f-shape holes and it's got the the larger body to it is compared to like say a Les Paul or a Stratocaster or anything like that. And uh Yeah, I uh because of that, of course, when it it came in, I got uh, uh a new box for Fox. So he's he's pretty stoked about it. He's enjoying playing in the box. <laughs> and uh I ordered it this time from uh Sweetwater as uh previously in the past have I ever ordered any musical instruments at least although I don't remember where I ordered my Tomarillo strat from online I don't like uh I know that the other than that one I know I ordered all my shit uh instruments from like musician's friend cuz I've I've been uh dealing with them for years I used to get their magazines like in the 90s I used to get magazines. It was a, like porn magazines, I believe. I talked about that on the on the show before where I would look at it and just like, you know, almost come. I mean, I wouldn't quite jerk off while looking at them. But the, the, when I was first started playing guitar at like 15, like I never – it took me a long time to actually order shit from there. Like, <laughs> but uh, – <clears throat> I would stare at that stuff and just, like, dream, like, oh. I, I remember the par- prices being a lot lower on, like, say, like, the Les Pauls and shit back then. Um, just because, you know, the cost of everything was a lot cheaper. Uh, but it was still way more money than I could get at that point in time. Like, even by the age of 15, I was already working, but it was, like, restaurant jobs and, and such. And... uh didn't have the cash <laughs> for uh, for a real Gibson Les Paul or anything like that. Um, even you know the before I moved out on my own, like uh, living in my mom's, and I worked like sixty plus hours at a restaurant. I didn't make jack shit in money. <laughs> so saving up for a Les Paul would have been fucking hard to do, <laughs> like a Gibson one, that is course I, I did get a epiphone Les paul in like the uh late 90s early 2000s i don't know what year exactly maybe around 2000 ish i got several guitars around that point whereas but they it, like uh that that epiphone Les paul was pretty pricey though if, if i if i recall it was probably at least like 800 dollars which even now, I mean, you're gonna. That's kind of pricey for a an Epiphone Les Paul. As uh, but I, I want to say it was like seven. It was more expensive than your standard Epiphone Les Paul. It is an Epiphone Les Paul, like custom with, of course, it has a semi-hollow body <laughs> with the uh, F-shaped holes and stuff. So. Uh, Even then, I was interested in having, like, semi-hello bodies. Well, of course, I see now that, I mean, that's... I guess the normal Epiphone Les Paul, a lot of them are running around that uh, price point. Um, But at that time, that was, like, a lot of money for an Epiphone Les Paul. And... uh, Gibsons, though, I would think were probably... If I would have gotten, I mean, of course it depends on what type of Gibson. And, uh, I mean, it was definitely over a grand (laughs) for Gibsons at that time. And if I recall, it took me quite a while to save up the money to get the Epiphone-less Paul that I had gotten. I didn't have a credit card back then, or credit. (laughs) Thankfully, I guess. Because had I, there's a chance I would have made... Really dumb decisions back then, like I uh, like I have now. <laughs> um, but, hey, I can pay for it. My job, uh, the overtime's starting to come back now, so I should be able to pay for these guitars finally. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've been paying for the one, and more than the minimum payments. Uh, <clears throat> so, you know, I'll have it paid off before I start having to pay interest on it. <laughs> Um. Anyway, though, yeah. Uh. I I digress, as uh. Yeah, I mean I've had like Les Pauls now as two at, uh, currently, but I I had always wanted the uh the bigger semi hollow uh type body there. And uh, I you know grew up uh, as a Beatles fan and uh one one reason and uh they they played uh a lot of the uh <sighs> casinos like every member i think other than ringo <laughs> had a uh epiphone casino and uh you know maybe ringo did too as far as i know he's never uh, really played guitar but uh all the other beatles At some point in time, recorded guitar parts, even, of course, Paul, uh, more than just, you know, bass, he he would play some guitar parts. And uh, so, uh, so, yeah, I finally got one of those. And uh, I did learn a bit of uh, the Beatles Get Back and uh, part of uh, Revolution uh, as those were played on casinos at least the uh the Lennon part on Get Back on the uh rooftop concert he's playing the uh Epiphone Casino and uh it's it's a fun part it's a, he play ends up playing the lead on that one and uh and of course uh George Harrison I guess would have uh, played most of the leads in the Beatles songs that uh you know, Lennon, Lennon did his uh, share of them, the, mainly at the the end of the Beatles run. He did more lead stuff. And Paul did it on some of the songs. But, of course, you know, he was mainly the bass player. As uh, <clears throat> Of course, when I, I did receive this guitar, of course, then again, I, I got it from Sweetwater. The point I guess I was getting at is I used to order everything Musician's Friend. And and for whatever reason, I don't remember <laughs> where I got the uh, my last strat. It may have been, like, Amazon or something. I remember a while back trying to figure out where, like, uh, looking at my order history and stuff. And even my, like, bank account information to see, like, where the fuck I bought this thing from. <laughs> and I'm just not sure. I don't think it was Sweetwater. Um... Previously the only thing I bought off of Sweetwater was the uh the pointers for the volume knobs on my uh, Les Paul that I uh, upgraded on the uh, Adam Jones signature Les Paul. And I don't know why but here lately I just keep getting signature instruments. <laughs> it's just so how it is. Um I think we're going to try to knock that off. Well, well though I mean, there's that Tony Iommi signature. <laughs> sg that i might end up getting at some point but that's that's far in the future hopefully uh i don't feel like i need to buy signatures all the time of course you get a less any les paul is technically a signature because les paul was a musician that you know the original les paul i mean it was it was his guitar uh and uh i do have a les paul record with him and uh, mary ford his uh I mean Les Paul's passed away now and I believe Mary Ford has as well, but uh they were married for a time. When they recorded music together, they were uh married. And uh <clears throat> anywho <laughs> Uh so yeah, I hadn't had a lot of experience buying from Sweetwater. I know that like all the fucking YouTubers uh have deals with Sweetwater. They must do like a ton of advertising on YouTube, and like I, they know what they're doing. They know what they're fucking doing. Uh, it is, is I see a fuck ton of YouTube videos, and like they're just you know, it's like they're coming for me, and uh, I, I feel like at least uh, on the internet and uh, of the YouTubers, it seems like way more people use Sweetwater than uh, Musicians Friend. And that uh, it does seem like Musician's Friend tries to copy a lot of the stuff that Musician's Friend does. Um, and I figured I'd try uh, Sweetwater out because like, I wasn't too crazy about when I bought the Adam Jones guitar from Musician's Friend. I thought that maybe uh, like, I didn't like the customer service I was getting. That when I wanted answers on like when I would get it and everything, they were, uh, I really had to bug them about it. And then they didn't have any real, uh, good information on them. And then all of a sudden it was like, boom, I just got a message that they sent the guitar. I was like, what, what? It's <laughs> so at that point they had changed the date that, uh, I was going to get it several times. And, uh, I was expecting it like, you know, to show up like 6-7 months after <laughs> when it came. I don't remember how how long it would Well, hell, it would have been like right now. I think they had pushed it off to to like April of this year and I ended up of course getting it like last October. And uh it was like, "Oh fuck, now I have to pay for this thing." <laughs> like I thought I had more time to come up with some money and uh yeah it was like, "Oh fuck, <laughs> which I figured that would uh, uh happen when uh they had given me multiple dates on when I would receive the thing, and then uh had had I received it uh April of this this year, it would have been over a year after I ordered the guitar, so that would that would have sucked. <laughs> Which, I mean, it was a long time after anyway. Because it was uh, March of 2022 when I ordered the thing. And... Uh, but, like, uh, yeah, they, they were, like... Their customer service, is like, they have their gear reps. Which, I think they copied off Sweetwater with doing that. I think Sweetwater started doing that. And so they started doing it as well. Um I don't think I think there's a high turnover rate for their reps too and I think they just work from home. I could be wrong. I I'm, I'm not sure. But I'm always getting messages from new gear advisors from Musicians Friend. And uh they also work for Guitar Center because it's the company owned for or the the same company owns both um Guitar Center and Musicians Friend. And uh I've heard that actually Guitar Center is going under, which I guess means Musicians Friend might be as well. I, I you know I don't know how the, all that works. Um, <clears throat> which could un, you know be part of the reason why like uh, it would seem like they have just an insane amount of like gear advisors coming and going. I don't think they make much money doing that, and uh, I don't know if it's better. Or, or worse, say, at, at Sweetwater, maybe there's high turnover rate there as well. Um, But I figured I would uh, try to go through them and see, uh, and, like, they, they really tout their 55-point inspection on their instruments, and I was under the impression that, like, they do a, a really solid job on, like, setting up the guitars and such. And uh <clears throat> so yeah, I I I got that Epiphone Tuesday, I think it was. It showed up Tuesday. Yeah, it was I'm thinking about it. It, was, it had to be Tuesday. Tuesday. Um and uh my initial thoughts like the first night I guess I got it. Um my you know, initial thoughts was like you know I really didn't need to get another guitar. <laughs> that was like it was like oh, but it was like oh, it was kind of exciting to get and uh, it's definitely playing the guitar like it's it's grown on me the more days I've played it. It's a weird thing like uh, for me playing brand new guitars, they they just don't feel right when you first play them. You got to like break them in a little bit. And, uh, like the fretboard, it was kind of funk, funky. I ended up, uh, putting some, uh, hydrant. I don't know what you would call it. I have some stuff that hydrates the uh, fretboard. Uh, it's like, I have one thing that really annoys me when you get like a brand new guitar. Um, when you're, uh. Like doing bends and stuff on the strings, and like there's just. It. It, uh, it, it, does, it. There's like a. I don't know how to describe it here. What's the best term? It. Uh, like. When it drags across that fretboard, it just. scrapes almost. And. Uh, really hydrating that fretboard and stuff is one of the things that kind of helped with that. I would imagine, of course, it depends on where you get your guitar from. Um, I feel like it's probably better for me to just buy it from a local music store. And also, you know, you get the the hands-on feel uh, of actually playing the instrument beforehand. But uh, I haven't bought an instrument from a music store. In a few years. It's been a while. And uh, mainly it's uh, because there's not that many music stores around me. Like, there's the River City Music here in town, which uh, they've got, you know, they've got some guitars, and they've got some nicer ones. Um, But they usually don't have, like, ones that I'm really interested in. And uh, there is a guitar center in Crestwood, which is, is, like a thirty-five minute, forty-minute drive from here, ish, and uh, they have a bigger, much bigger selection. And there's, I guess, there's a few guitar centers around. I mean, that's mainly my choice for uh, that sort of thing, <laughs> and uh, I don't know the convenience of ordering online and having the choice of you know just a lot more shit is just uh way too easy these days. But there's the 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 shittiness of, you know, if you get a shitty instrument you don't like it, then you got to return it. Which uh this guitar my initial thoughts were uh, you know, picking it up and playing it, and, you know, it was nice having that semi-hollow feel to where I mean it is definitely that hybrid of acoustic and electric and uh it it's nice to play it even without amping it up and it's uh i would say louder than my uh, semi hollow les paul i mean there's more of a hollow hole in this one cuz it's a bigger guitar and uh it does sound better i would say acoustically than that uh than that les paul does and uh i was Let's see. Disappointed with their uh, inspection on this guitar. I feel like they should have caught some things, and uh, like they they have like they make a big deal with the Sweetwater. They have your inspection sheet. There's the fifty five inspection sheet, and like they they do the check marks and everything. Um. But I'm willing to bet. I don't know how much money that people, employees of Sweetwater make. I'm imagining they're they're above minimum wage, but it's not probably not a very high paying job. So I mean, they probably have a high turnover rate. Um, they probably have a lot of musicians that want to go there, and so they can get a discount on the the gear. I know that I you know I'd be all for it if I lived near the fucking Sweetwater <coughs> uh, warehouse. And everything I'd be like fuck yes uh, unfortunately I do not live anywhere near the Sweet House uh, Sweetwater uh, Warehouse which is in Indiana um, <clears throat> that being said uh, like there was some there's some stuff with this guitar I knew though that there would probably be some issues it is a Chinese made Epiphone um, I mean they're known for being lower quality uh <laughs> now with the the i i mean i figured there would be issues with the gibson which um that i had gotten because Gibson is kind of notorious for uh shall we say uh <laughs> lackluster q c <laughs> and uh one of the staples is uh uh fret fret tool marks like uh on the fretboard like on the binding and I got that there's definitely tool marks on the on the binding of the fretboard. I mean other than that the Gibson's like fantastic and like the uh tool marks don't like really affect the playing of it at all. So uh that's just more of a cosmetic thing. And uh <laughs> actually on this Epiphone there's there's a little bit of the tool marks on that as well. Um That's not, like, the big issue, though, I had. Like, there's um, one nice... They have the uh, Witch Hat volume knobs on the the volume and the tone knobs. And then on there, they also have the pointers, which I actually had to uh, buy my own for the Gibson, which... If you would have, that's the Gibson Les Paul standard Adam Jones. Had I gotten the custom shop model, it would have had those pointers on it, or just the Epiphone custom uh, it had the pointers as well. But this, uh, I wasn't even aware that they had the pointers on this uh, Noel Gallagher one. I was like, oh, that's nice. However, the downside <laughs> is uh, whoever installed the volume knobs on this thing did a piss poor job on it. And, uh, you could barely turn the volume knob on the, uh, bridge pickup and like it was a real bitch. And, uh, I, uh, that was like one of the bigger issues, which I mean, fairly easy fix, I guess to pop that off and redo that. Not, not like the worst thing, but that's, I feel like that's something they should have caught. I mean, they. I would assume. I'm pretty sure. I haven't looked over the checklist uh, to to really look over the exact things uh, written on there, but I would uh, assume that they would try out the volume and tone knobs, <laughs> and realize, oh fuck, that's kind of fucked up. And then uh, my I, actually, the first thing I noticed fucked up the case was kind of fucked up. The it comes with a hard shell case. Not a problem for me though, because I'm not a touring musician. I'm not going to be putting this thing in the case a whole lot. But one of the latches was, like, busted. And, uh, I mean, it probably happened in shipping. It probably didn't leave China like that. But I'm certain that it probably left the Sweetwater uh, warehouse like that. And uh, that was a little on the annoying side. That was like, oh, you, really? <laughs> I'm going to pay for this and you're going to give me a shitty case? The quality of the case, though, I mean, it's not the greatest case. The uh, other Epiphone Les Paul I have has a much nicer case. I mean, that thing's over 20 years old now, and it's, it's a solid fucking case. Uh, this one is, like, not the greatest case in the world. I mean, it'll do the job. And th- that latch, you can still get it to close. It took a while that I had to, like, work the, like reshaped the case to get it to where I could close that fucking latch um at least though like Sweetwater they double box it and there's I mean there's a lot of styrofoam in there and stuff um overall the guitar showed up like I mean there wasn't a broken neck or anything um and then initially playing it like I enjoy really enjoy playing it um the first night I had it it definitely had some shorting out issues I was like ah fuck And that's another, uh, I guess, known QC issue for uh, Chinese-made Epiphones. uh, Not maybe uh, uh, them having a lot of bad uh, solders. I almost said welds, but (laughs) solders uh, like on the volume knobs or uh, a lot of times on the input jack (laughs) and uh, selector switch. And uh, there may be an issue with that. I only seem to have the issue when I was sitting down and playing it like I was wondering if was like <laughs> like the metal- like a zipper or something on my shorts was touching <laughs> something metal on there and like doing something weird i I couldn't figure out why I would only do it when I was like sitting down um and I couldn't quite narrow it down, but like the next day, I did take that damn volume knob off and readjust that. And I haven't had it short out since then. So maybe it had something to do with the volume knob and how it was on there. I don't know, but it hasn't shorted out since then. And, and I do enjoy playing it like the, the biggest like design issue, I guess I would say, which I was aware of this beforehand is watching some YouTube videos on it. I don't like the tuning keys on it. They're very small tuning keys. Like very small, which is annoying when you're like tuning it. <laughs> I don't know, maybe eventually I'll I'll buy some different tuning keys, get some like locking tuning keys. Um, I don't see myself uh fucking with it too much <laughs> until, you know, maybe I pay it off. Like <laughs> There is a 30-day period, though, where I can send the guitar back as long as I don't uh, do anything like fuck it up in any way, shape, or form. Um, Other than, you know, the issues that it already had, they sent it to me as, which really I just feel like, I mean, there, there were minor things. I mean, a, a short, like, it should be f- fairly easy to fix. Although, with that guitar, there's no cavities on the back to get to the electronics, so it's kind of a bitch. If you want to fix any of the uh solders and stuff, because you actually have to pull the parts out without actually dropping them into the guitar <laughs> and uh try to find where the solder is. I mean it's it's a bit of a bitch to uh get in there. And uh <clears throat> but the like the parts they use are high quality parts. They use CTS pots and uh I don't know about the selector switch and stuff. I feel I I think they still use kind of cheap uh, input jacks. Um, but I mean, there there are fixes that like I could take to the local music shop and uh, probably get not pay a whole lot to get fixed. Like with the short issue, um, it looks like the wire management's like decent in there. There is shielding over the wires, which uh, was kind of the problem with my. Other Epiphone is the the wires weren't shielded and they were like shorting each other out. Um, <clears throat> but uh, I mean, it looks like the the wires are right. I don't know. I I can't see in there that well without a, like actually fishing all the shit out of there. <laughs> the F shape holes you can kind of see in there a little bit, but uh, uh, that being said, yeah. I mean, I've been. I really enjoy playing it. I've been playing a fuck ton of guitar since having that. I mean, I haven't put down the Gibson either. So I, I make sure each day that uh, I'm not going to cheat on the Gibson. And uh, I'm going to give it its time. I'm just also, I, I've got like a, uh, <laughs> a a relationship going on with several guitars at the moment. I mean, I have seven of them right now. Though truthfully, not all seven of them are getting a uh, a love, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> as uh, I don't, I rarely ever touch my twelve string. Uh, the acoustic Epiphone I have, the uh that that is a six string. That one I I I still touch a little bit. I still strum that one up and play. My old Fender Strat. That uh. I have barely gets played at all anymore. And then, like uh, my Epiphone Les Paul, uh, it, it's it's I haven't dropped B tuning, so it's not. I don't play. I play one song basically, and drop B tuning, <laughs> the Tools' "Prison Sex," and you know, not every day's a "Prison Sex" kind of day. Not every day. <laughs> Some days though, you gotta you gotta pull that out as uh, "Undertow" the album that uh prison sex is on. It just recently turned thirty years old. And so I, I made sure to play I did play some Prison Sex the other day before getting the uh Riviera that I that I received. And uh so yeah, I I mean I tried to give the love around to the other guitars, but it's mainly the uh the Gibson, the uh Morello strat, and uh now the Riviera that are getting most of the attention as, uh, <clears throat> I've been, uh, I mean, I've, I've really been enjoying playing guitar though. My, my finger, I don't know that I've ever had calluses this strong, but like when I was early, when I was like in my fifth from like 15 to like very early twenties, I was playing a, a decent amount of guitar. So, uh, I mean, I probably had some pretty strong calluses back then. I wasn't as good at playing guitar back then as I am now, <laughs> but I would play for long periods of time. <laughs> I didn't have a very good practice regimen. I, I just, I just wasn't really good at playing guitar back then. Like I could play, and I mainly knew riffs. Like we're more now, I know like, like most of songs, or you know, there's a couple of them where I can actually play them all the way through. <laughs> And, uh, I have, uh, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that, but, uh, I, I am way better. I would say now at playing guitar than I, than I was then. I think a lot of that's YouTube. (laughs) A lot of it is YouTube. And of course I've got several apps for, uh, guitar, like tab apps and stuff. And uh, back in the day too I I did use a lot of tablature books. Like I believe the main one I use uh, tabs is the it ultimate tabs or something of that nature. It's just called tabs. But I think it's who makes that app is like ultimate guitar or guitar something along the lines of that. <laughs> and uh they have a fairly uh good selection on songs um back in the day though when i would get tablature books and stuff i would assume that that was like uh <laughs> like accurate when i would go to the like music shop or wherever um and buy these tablature books like i i'd get them from like guitar center and stuff back in the day and I, I've got still got a fuck ton of tablature books. And when I started playing guitar, I just took that as oh this must be if I bought this from a place and this is a, a you know a place that's publishing these books that it should be like accurate. Well, they're not hundred percent accurate. <laughs> Some of them are way off. Some of them don't have the shit right at all. And uh, I should have just developed more of, like, you know, my ear and everything and listened to any of the stuff. And uh, unfortunately, there wasn't at that point in time in the uh, mid to late 90s, I didn't have a whole lot of ways to watch people uh, play these songs other than, like, say, go to a concert or try to find, like, a a video cassette or a DVD or just happened to watch, you know, a fucking live video on like, uh, I would say MTV, but even then like MTV wasn't like playing a lot of music and a lot of stuff I was learning wasn't, <laughs> wouldn't have been shown on MTV anyway. Um, <clears throat> so I didn't have, I wasn't able to like watch and see what the fuck they were doing. So I'd have to go off like ear and, uh, I I never really developed the ear much. I just started like going off like tablature, and again, like a lot of that's just just not right. <laughs> and I never really bothered to learn reading sheet music, which probably would have been a a big plus, a big uh, learning tool. And uh, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, that being said, yeah, I've I've en- I've enjoyed playing the uh, Epiphone Riviera. And uh yeah, I have played I have played a little bit of Oasis on there. Not not a lot. I've half asked Laird's like uh what's the story morning glory? I guess. Was one of the ones. A lot of them man, a lot of Oasis songs aren't that I don't think are that fun to play. I I mean I do enjoy some Oasis songs but a lot of it's just chords. <laughs> not not a lot. There's lead work to it and just like strumming chords. it's was like, it's okay to do, but I-, I want a little something more than that. You know, I want, I want more. And, uh, that's why I've like enjoyed playing like the, the Beatles stuff on there. Like with, uh, get back. It's got some nice lead stuff on there. It's got some nice lead and the, it's a fun little lead part to play. It's not real complicated. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> actually I was, when I was trying to, uh, Learn Revolution a little bit. I was uh, hearing a YouTuber talk about it and that actually whenever they first released that, uh, because the uh, Revolution that people are more uh, familiar with is uh, actually a single, not the one on the White Album. The one on the White Album is uh, more of like an acoustic number and it's like slower. There's the uh, Revolution that of course everybody's familiar with is uh I mean it's like all electric guitar and there's a lot of distortion on it. And from my understanding that actually came from them plugging the guitar straight into the soundboard. And uh it doesn't work on my soundboard just plugging it straight in. Fun fact. <laughs> to get that distortion there's like no fucking I get gang cranked up. I don't have the soundboards that the Beatles were using. Um, and uh I'll never have those soundboards. I would imagine those are gonna cost some money. Um and I don't have the room for it. Those things were fucking huge. <laughs> there there's there's a couple of problems there. And uh anyway. So uh you know what? I'm gonna play that intro to Revolution. But when the it first came out, I mean the Beatles I mean, it was Around the time, I guess, of the White Album, I'm not sure if the uh, Revolution single came out before the White Album or after. Uh, that being said, uh, when that single came out, people weren't accustomed to hearing like all this distortion. Which the song Helter Skelter, which is often considered like the first like heavy metal song, uh, is, I mean, there's a lot of distortion on the that guitar part as well. Uh, but the Revolution single, apparently, people returned that vinyl because <laughs> they thought it was, it was bad. Cause it's, it was so distorted that it was just like, oh, the record's bad. You know, it must be warped or something. And so they returned it like, no, that's how this is supposed to sound. It's just so funny because, you know, nowadays, I mean,. Shit! If you grew up in like the well, hell, even the seventies, like there was a there was a lot of distortion in the seventies. I mean, really, like metal and stuff really started to come into fruition. I guess like in the seventies, like Black Sabbath and everything, and you know they they enjoyed their uh, distortion, and so rock basically after even starting in like early sixties and beyond. I mean, just a lot of distortion. A lot of distortion, even not not even just metal. You know, just like rock in general. Like guitars are, you're gonna have some distortion. So just to think that it was it was so weird for uh, listeners to hear that, like on a Beatles thing, at, at that point, and just think that it was bad. Like this this can't be how it <laughs> how it is that they returned it. Like that's that's just so fantastic to me. Um, let's see here. Pull up uh, if uh, my my uh, l- uh, laptop will uh, work with me here. Let's see here. It looks like the internet connection's not too bad. I, I just want to hear the intro to Revolution and just if it'll. There's probably going to be an. God damn you! <laughs> That's not what I wanted. Why is this not playing here we go the, okay, the laptop's not being very friendly, <laughs> okay, we don't want the ad like uh I'm not making any money off that, so go to hell here we go Here it is uh. Oh, that's so funny for me to to hear that just like that opening part and go like oh this well this is fucked up <laughs> I want a new record Uh that's just that, I mean that that opening part is the part that really uh I mean it's not that complicated of a part it's very uh, Chuck Berry and Spider there like very much like a Johnny B Good sort of situation going on there um <clears throat> But yeah, I mean I love some old Beatles shit. And uh that, that intro is uh being played on a uh, John's Epiphone casino. And uh in the video there's a video where they were playing it live on a show, which actually uh they're singing the vocals, but I think the music is actually was actually pre recorded. Like the it's not the stuff that's actually coming out of their instruments on that stage. It was recorded on some kind of show. I forgot what show that was. Um, and uh, on that that performance, uh, George is actually playing uh, Les Paul. But from what I understand, on the actual recording, uh, George is playing an SG. And, uh, of course, John is playing that Epiphone Casino and uh but yeah oh the, he's got the P90s in that Epiphone though and uh i don't have the P90s in this Riviera it's not as high gain as like say the P90s it's not i mean like a single coil that growl in there um i do have humbuckers they're like PAFs basically uh but uh i feel like i'm just like <laughs> that entertaining today. Uh, it's probably the uh, couple of drinks I had last night. Just fucking. Bleh. I really thought the Monster Energy would have perked me up more than it did. Um, other than that, though, like, uh, man, I I was pretty excited with this uh, or enjoyed this la- latest episode of Mandalorian. I feel like, oh, we finally had like a decent episode this season. Uh, we got some Moff Gideon action in there, and uh, I'm looking forward to the last episode, and to to see where that goes, and to see uh, Admiral Thrawn come into play. I would, I'm gonna guess we'll see Thrawn in the last episode. I hope it's a really long one. They better not have a, give us like another like give us like a twenty something minute episode or thirty minute episode. Here you go. Here's the finale. Let's have like a two hour episode, guys. Come on. I am concerned, though. I did watch a YouTube video earlier. <laughs> and, uh, it's a mistake to get back into that stuff. Because, like, they, they, uh, I, I've had stuff ruined for me before with all the Star Wars theories and shit. And, like, gotten way into the weeds and that shit. And, uh, I find it better to just watch the stuff and, uh, have, uh, no prior knowledge as to what's gonna happen. But I don't always do that. <laughs> and I was watching a YouTube video. I don't remember the what YouTube channel it was. Um but uh the guy's got a theory that uh they're gonna get rid of Din Jarrin, uh Pedro Pascal. This is rumored that Pedro Pascal Who again of course Din Djarin is the titular character. He is the protagonist to the Mandalorian. He is the fucking Mandalorian. Whereas we didn't even know his fucking name for, what, like, <laughs> till the end of the first season? I don't remember when they, when they said it, but it was at least several episodes in. Um, And, I mean, it's, he's, like, uh, one of the most loved characters of Star Wars as of right now. And uh, the, this this YouTuber has suggested that they are going to get rid of uh, Din Djarin and that they could turn anybody into the Mandalorian. Like, uh, it could possibly be Bo-Katan or the Armorer. Uh, which it looks like the Armorer's a spy now. Spoiler alert. <laughs> get the impression she's working with Moff Gideon. <laughs> and uh, or it it definitely seems inferred from this last episode that, that she is, uh, or I, man, I would be highly surprised if they got rid of Din Djarin. It It is rumored that he's had a few, uh, outbursts, uh, uh, while working on the, uh, the Mandalorian that he wasn't happy with their decisions and such. It's, it's, ru- okay, of course, rumor. There's no, as far as I know, there's no video of Pedro Pascal, like flipping out on set. <laughs> uh, And, uh... Oh, man, I would be, uh... I would be sad if, if they got rid of him. And it just seems like like that would just be... It's like he's the... When they had the Book of Boba Fett, like, that was the best part of the Book of Boba Fett was having Din Djarin in there. And it was like, holy shit, like, this is the good shit, and just having him and being like a bounty hunter type feel. And... uh I I think it's just going to be a a bad bad move. <laughs> if uh they get they get rid of him. And like it bummed me out kind of watching that video and I I should have not I should just not watched the video. I don't I don't think they're going to do it. I don't think <laughs> if they were to they sh- I would say that they would have to uh do a spin-off. Just end The Mandalorian. Like, if they fall out... Like, the deal... Like, some deal falls through with, uh... <clears throat> fucking uh, Pedro Pascal and stuff, and they can't do it. I think they just need to end The Mandalorian. They could have a spin-off show and just have a Boke Tan show or something like that. I don't know, you know. It could... Or just have it as uh i forget her clan's name you know call it that or some other mandalorian clan but to uh to end up doing the mandalorian with <laughs> without din Djarin, it's not the mandalorian it's not it i mean they could <laughs> at the end of the day i guess he's you know He's just a guy in a suit, and you just basically hear his voice. I mean, there's only a few episodes you see his actual face. Still, I mean, that voice, I mean, it's fucking Pedro Pascal. And people love Pedro Pascal. I mean, look, I mean, he's in, like, two of the biggest shows at the moment, Mandalorian and, uh, of course, uh, the, uh, The Last of Us, which I have yet to see. Which I, I need need to do that. I need to get me some uh <clears throat> I need to get get some of that going on. I believe I can uh watch it on uh voodoo now. I can actually buy it or rent it on there. Um I mean I hear it's good. I hear it's really great. So <clears throat> it's definitely something I should uh check into. And uh man, I, I really I really hope they're wrong. <laughs> like you, you bastards. It should, uh, <clears throat> should not, should not be a thing. Of not having him on here, like you motherfuckers. And uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing like the other uh, Star Wars shows as well, like the Acolyte. Which is good. that one? I'm I'm interested in seeing. It could be really good or it could be really bad. Is there shouldn't be any um big like Star Wars characters from uh, that we really know of because it's a totally different generation. Although I think Yoda might be alive at that point. Let's see here. Let's see, acolyte characters. Is there rumored... <laughs> um, I don't... Yeah, I don't think... I mean, they got some... Like Carrie Ann Moss is in it. That's kind of a bigger name. Although, I mean, she hasn't done really big stuff in a while. I mean, she's, of course, from Matrix, which... Well, I guess she was probably in that last Matrix movie that I never saw. <laughs> uh... She was in one of the Marvel shows. What was it? Uh... She might have been in Jessica Jones. I think she yeah, was she in Jessica Jones? I don't remember. She was in one of those shows. Uh but yeah, that one I don't think we'll see any characters we really know from the Star Wars universe unless, of course, you're uh just an avid fan of like the reading the books and stuff and the old extended universe sort of shit. And uh I think the biggest name, I guess, is, like, Carrie Ann Moss? I don't know. How, I, at least I don't know the names I'm seeing. My laptop's not being very friendly now. It's being a pain in the ass. <laughs> it's Yeah, it's it's not wanting to do anything now. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, I'd like to see that. And, of course, Soka and uh it does seem like they've they're doing the live action stuff with the uh rebels uh people from rebels the uh cartoon star wars cartoon um and uh it would be cool to see like some of the older sith i think on the acolyte that's that's one like there's if you familiar of course with uh like more of extended universe Star Wars shit like the old the old uh, Sith is good stuff of course I feel like they probably will insert Yoda somehow in there just because I mean they're going to want some kind of big character Uh, that people are love no one love so I think there's a strong chance that Yoda will at least like make some kind of cameo in there um they could potentially have uh, Darth Plagueis in there. That'd be a good one. He was, of course, Palpatine's master that uh, uh, Palpatine would go on to kill. And uh, there's uh, several uh, Sith that would have been around the uh, time of that. Um, it's a century before the events of Episode One: The Phantom Menace. So it's quite a while before. But Yoda, he would have been alive. He would have been a a Jedi Master at that point. Um, And it'll it'll be interesting, of course, to see, too, when, I mean, the Jedi were a big, strong force, and, you know, pre-prequels. Whereas most of the Star Wars we're accustomed to, the Jedi are on the run. There's not many of them left. They gotta watch their backs and uh, try to survive in a world where they're being hunted. I'm just interested in like a different time period in that, and that, and seeing just different characters. I would imagine if Yoda is in there at all, I mean, he's not gonna be a a big player. It doesn't seem like they would center the show around him. I think how the Mandalorian started is kind of the way to go. I mean, they, I mean, Din Djarin came out of nowhere and he is, of course, as I've <laughs> gone on, 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 uh, talking about this. I mean, he is one of the most beloved characters in star Wars at the moment. I mean, Grogu, they, you know, Grogu obviously has a lot to do with it, which I love his new, uh, his new sweet ride. Uh IG twelve, I guess is what they're calling it now. Instead of IG eleven. Um but he's basically got his own mech. <laughs> it's pretty great. Uh I would argue though that the Dinjarin is like above Grogu. I mean, it, he's Grogu's father. He's the Dadalorian. And They need, uh, I mean, I guess it's easier said than done, but like creating new characters. And uh, I find this is just my opinion and all, but I would imagine (laughs) all of it's just my opinion. But (laughs) uh, I find it better to have like a new character. And if they, you know, it doesn't go over well with, the fans then it's not that big of a deal but if you go with an old character that they know and love like a luke skywalker um and you fuck it up (laughs) you're pissing all over a character they love and everything again new character you don't have the baggage it though it's harder to build a connection with a new character and uh, to make them really care about them but at the end of the day you know, new characters. I mean, you really need to, to find those strong new characters, and uh, you know, they 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 did that with the Din Djarin, and like uh, Filoni did that with like a a in like the uh, Clone Wars series, and now they're of course uh, coursed, coursed. Now of course, <laughs> they have a. <coughs> a show coming out with uh, the live action of Soka that she of course started out in the Mandalorian with uh, Rosario Dawson. And, uh, it is kind of sad. They didn't go with Ashley Eckert who uh, voiced her in the, in the cartoon, but it, it is cool that they've brought a lot of the voice actors to play the parts that they played in the, in the cartoon. Like Admiral Thrawn is playing by the, uh, 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 Mickelson, the, the guy that voiced him in, in, uh, the Clone Wars and such, or was it Rebels? I guess he was on, I know he was in Rebels. I don't remember if he was on Clone Wars or not. Anyway, anywho, um, <laughs> he's, uh, I, I forgot his first name, but he's Mads Mickelson's, uh, uh, brother that, uh, Mads Mickelson was, of course, in uh, Star Wars Rogue One, which I loved, which also, man, Andor, that was a fantastic Star Wars show. And it didn't feature, like, Jedis and stuff. It was, like, uh, more of the dark seediness of it, like, uh, of the, <coughs> the grittiness of the Rebellion. And you get to see, like, this slave labor camp where he's working in a factory that I can really relate to. Although the factories I've worked in, like it wasn't with at the threat of death, <laughs> it was just I need money, and they're going to give it to me as uh, uh but I you know just working in a factory I can relate to the monotonous of it, even if the I'm not a slave laborer. <laughs> Although debt does seem kind of like. Yeah, you know, I'm slave to debt, but that's—it's not. I'm not really. <laughs> I can decide not to pay it too. Like, there's, there's that. <laughs> uh, there will be negative consequences, but you know, I won't die from it. <laughs> uh, got uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm just like digressing into some weird Star Wars uh <laughs> stuff here. uh. But uh, yeah, I guess that's really all I've got um it it would be good to see some of those characters i think um maybe I'll, maybe I'm not quite done <laughs> uh some of the characters i I did enjoy like the characters on rebels, and uh to see uh i think uh. Like uh Her- oh, I am uh, excited to see uh Mary Elizabeth Winstead. She is playing the uh, character Hera from uh, uh Rebels. And uh I l lo- I love Mary Elizabeth Winstead because you know, I'm a fan of uh Scott Pilgrim. Uh was it Scott Pilgrim Saves the World or it's uh Versus the World, yeah. Scott Pilgrim versus the World. She plays uh, Ramona Flowers in uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World, and uh, I mean, you gotta love some Ramona Flowers. <laughs> uh, which is it's just a cr- classic movie, and of course Anna Kendrick's in there as well. As uh, you know, Michael Sarah being being the lead in that movie, but that, that's so it's such an old movie now at this point. I mean, it came out over a decade ago, I believe. At this point, Man, it, it's it's weird for me to think that's an old movie now. Um, oh, it's so good though, so good. Brie Larson, of course, is in that too, and she's like the the ex girlfriend. And uh, he, uh, but Ramona Flowers is the, I guess she would be like the female lead in that, whereas she's the new love interest. Oh man, Chris Evans is in. It. Yeah, it's been a while since I watched it. I forgot like how many just big people like were in it. This was before like Chris Evans was big. I, this would have been before Captain America, I think. I don't remember exactly what year that came out. Um, <clears throat> damn it, they're not helping me with this. Uh. <laughs> yeah I don't remember what uh oh 2010 yeah but well 2010 Captain America might have already yeah it it doesn't matter but there was a lot of people that would go uh either fairly known at the time or would go on to be pretty big but I'm pretty excited to have Mary Elizabeth Winstead in there as uh (laughs) it will be good Dude, she was at uh, the Star Wars Celebration, and uh, she was there with... Uh, they They have, I don't know the actress's name, but she plays Sabine Wren, another character from Rebels, and uh, Rosario Dawson. They they did a panel on there. And, uh, and yeah, that's... Okay, I guess, I guess I'm good now. <laughs> As I went on... A little bit of a Din Djarin rant and such about how they shouldn't get rid of the man, the Pedro Pascal. I mean, really, I mean, as long as they can work a deal with that, I'm, like, if he doesn't even want to like, actually be there and for it, they could really put anybody else in the suit and then just have him voice the guy. I mean, he doesn't have to show his face, you know? This is the way. That being said, yeah, yeah, I'm done here. As always, that is a kid in a wheelchair, not a trash can.